Joshua chapter 23. I will read a portion of this scripture to you. Joshua chapter 23, beginning at verse 1. It came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. Joshua called for all Israel and for their elders and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers and said unto them, I am old and stricken in age. And you have seen all that the Lord your God have done unto all those nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he that have fought for you. Behold, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes. From Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off even unto the great sea westward. The Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you and drive them from out of your sight, and ye shall possess their land, as the Lord your God hath promised unto you. Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left, that ye come not among these nations these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them, but cleave unto the Lord your God, as ye have done unto this day. For the Lord have driven out from before you great nations and strong, but as for you, no man have been able to stand before you unto this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you as he have promised you. Take good heed therefore unto yourselves that ye love the Lord your God. Else, if ye do in any wise go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you, and shall make marriages with them, and go in unto them, and they unto you. Know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but there shall be snares and traps unto you, and surges in your sides, and thorns in your ears, until you perish from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. This is God's word. As you see, God's promise of this land was contingent upon obedience. We're thankful that the land that God promised us is by grace and by grace alone. Uh, this was a promise that hinged upon Israel's obedience to God. And they disobeyed, obviously. Any works, gospel, bound to fail. And I hope you understand the historical context that I would try to labor with this day. We read in Joshua chapter 23 and verse 1, And it came to pass a long time after that the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua waxed old, 
stricken in age. We are nearing the end of our studies in the book of Joshua, more than a year. Usually when I come to the end of a book study, I'm often in panic mode, not knowing where God would lead me next. And this is because you know, we, 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 we are finite, we, we feel we have exhausted the Word of God, and, and we need help to continue. Studying and preparing sermons from the Word of God is a painful process, and it should be appreciated. But it can be very rewarding. The wise Solomon said to his son in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 11 and 12, The words of the wise are as goads, and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. And further, by these, my son, be admonished of making many books. There is no end, and much study is a weariness to the flesh. If Solomon can say that, who am I that I can't say? It is profitable to study God's word. Having said this, we ought to pray that the Lord will direct us in this year that is coming. I'm serious. We need to pray. Well, there's a lapse of about 20 years between chapters 22 and 23 of Joshua. The servant Joshua lived to be 110 years old, according to Joshua 24, verse 29. Here in chapter 23, Joshua begins this farewell address to Israel. No venue is mentioned in this chapter. Many commentators believe that chapter 24 is a continuation of Joshua's same address. I don't know. I heard one preacher say that Joshua was in Shiloh when he made his first address. And he was in Shishak when he made the other one. There's no certainty about this assumption that some make, but there's certainty about the second address. In chapter 24, Joshua's address was at Shishak, where he addressed all the tribes of Israel and their leaders. It was likened to a family conference. In Joshua 24, verse 1, we read, And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel. Something similar to what Deborah brought the other night. And for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers, they presented themselves before God. It doesn't really matter where or when these addresses were given. I find sometimes preachers get tangled up in things that are not profitable. It matters to us that they are recorded for our learning and our exhortation today. One thing I'm absolutely certain about is the words in chapter 3 are for the church today. The burden of Joshua's farewell address is twofold. One, to show God's faithfulness to his promises. This is underscored in chapter 23, verse 3. And you have seen all that the Lord your God has done unto all these nations because of you. 
Second, the shared burden in Joshua's farewell address is a reminder of the Lord's justice upon those who ignore covenant promises. This is seen in verse 11. The scripture says, Take heed therefore of yourselves. Or outline simple, remember past goodness. Verses 1 through 5. 2. Recommit to covenant duties. Verses 6 through 10. 3. Beware of retribution. These heads are very contemporary today. First, remember the past goodness of God. Verses 1 through 5. Verse 1 and 2, it came to pass long time after the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about. But Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, for their heads, for their judges, for their officers, said unto them, I'm old, stricken in age. After a long season of tranquility in the land, was peace, but it was not a spiritual peace. Joshua called the spiritual and civil leaders to Israel and rehearsed the Lord's past goodness to his people. It's, a, it's an honest admission by Joshua who recognized that his tenure was coming to an end. Just like that was I was saying this morning after the missionary presentation. Anyone that doesn't know that God has given us a limit would never prepare. Uh, sometimes God might, might cut us off before that limit. God is God. But it's an honest admission. He attributes all the great accomplishments in the past to God. Verse 3, And you have seen all that the Lord your God have done unto all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God, it is he that have fought for you. Joshua was a student of Moses. And I often hear people say, a good leader must be a good follower. And some men want to lead, but they can't follow instructions. You give them instructions and they fail to follow them. And they want to be a leader. I rub this in desire's ears all the time. In order for you to be a good leader, you must be a follower. Joshua was a student of Moses who said in Deuteronomy 1.30, The Lord your God, which goes before you, he shall fight for you. According to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness, where you have seen how the Lord thy God bear thee as a man of bear his son. In all the way that he went until you came to this place. Some of you are second, third year immigrants. Some of you were born in this country. But some of you forget where you come from. You think your bread was buttered. You should pay attention to these words. People labor before you. Some of your children don't even want to come to church as they look at you. You can't, you, you have no control over your children. 
it's bad. Maybe it is you. Joshua claims no credit, gives all glory to God. And this is unlike what we see in here today in society, isn't it? When a country see, sees victory in war, they boast of their military apparatus, superiority. When many are successful in their education goals, instead of giving glory to God, we brag smart we are and how smart our grandchildren are. When political officials are elected, they often brag how much money there is and belittle the opponent. Even some popular gospel preachers today that I know get sick of them. Post their trophies on Instagram, Twitter, and other social media platforms as a show of accomplishments. How many people were saved? How do you know that? We struggle in Zimbabwe where reality is. You see people profess faith today and fall away tomorrow. I both say no one. Pastor Ted can't save anybody. Rarely do men acknowledge the goodness of God. Stay away from that. Stay away from writing those reports about how many were saved. You don't know. You cannot know. Christians must never heap praise on themselves and their ministries. It's nothing but sinful pride. Joshua said, you have seen all that the Lord your God have done unto all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he that have fought for you. In other words, it was all grace. The words of Joshua are also a passionate appeal today to those who are yet unconverted in this church. You have seen all that the Lord your God have done. You have just witnessed some of your people going abroad, what the Lord did. You've seen it. You have heard the gospel proclaimed many times. You may have also seen changes wrought in the lives of others. Maybe a parent who wasn't converted, but is now converted. Maybe a spouse in your home. You have seen the difference, yet you are still in a state of unbelief and unconversion, lost. You've seen God's goodness. Seeing the goodness of God doesn't cause people to believe. Never did, never will. The Jews saw the sea open and they walked through on dry land. Two weeks into their journey, they were cussing Moses. Were we any different? You may have experienced other common mercies in the hand of God. 
What God's people received back there were common mercies. God makes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. The Christian enjoyed the same common blessings as the lost man. What God's people received back then in those days were but common. Maybe the Lord delivered you from a bout of illness, <coughs> from surgery. Some of you are crippled, can't walk, but God has kept you under the gospel. Are you thankful? You may think it is luck and chance or the doctor's man's skill. Apostle Paul asks us a question, or despises thou the goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. It's the purpose for common mercies, children, adults, to lead us to repentance, a change of mind, a change of will, a change of disposition. That's what repentance is. It's not mimicking a few words, I repent, I repent. No, you didn't. You're still in the same state. You may have enjoyed the goodness in the land you now dwell. The American dream. College education. Comfortable place you call home. You take those for granted? Shouldn't these common graces lead you to repentance? I ask you. And yet we have a children, a generation of children that don't want to come to church. And the fathers encourage it. I'm not all for New Year's resolutions and messages. We can't want a better one. It wasn't planned that way by me. But God surely had it planned this way. To hold off for Joshua for a while and to come back. To break the monotony. Joshua calls us to remember. Because we are prone to forget quickly. Remember the goodness of the Lord. If you were around this ministry for any length of time, you would have to agree that the Lord has been good to us. I, I was telling the man, I probably prayed six times this morning. I, I, I don't deserve to be here standing to speak to you. I don't, I don't deserve it. Not worthy. Hold back tears many times. What are you doing standing there instructing people from the word of God? You're not worthy. But God is gracious. <coughs> if you was here for some time, you would have, have to agree God is good. It is he that has kept us over the years. I can recall our past ministry in the past, Ben, 
raising a mom's mortgage was a chore. Couldn't make it. I said, don't give me any money, pay the mortgage. I remember those years. I took nothing from this church, maybe for two years, until Brother Depardine stood up. I said, you, we're taking advantage of this man. You don't remember that, but I remember everything. I give thanks. You're taking advantage of this man, having him laboring here week after week. But therefore, I put every cent of that money in escrow to go to Zimbabwe. Because that is where I was going. Lord redirected me. It is good to talk about yourself sometimes, especially when you bring attention to God and give him the glory. We couldn't raise a month's mortgage. We couldn't even afford to pay a full-time minister. We couldn't, we couldn't afford. We were in arrears. God is good. I know I was going to have problems preaching this message. I can recall these things. Verse 4 says, Behold, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain. To be an inheritance for your tribes from Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off even unto the great sea westward. Joshua reminds Israel of his own faithfulness. Twice he used the personal word, I. I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain. Again, I have cut off even unto the greatest sea westward. Yes, God sovereignly accomplishes his will, but he don't use robots and monkeys. He use men, people. Joshua also looked to the future saying in verse five, and the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you and drive them from out your sight, that you shall possess the land as the Lord your God hath promised unto you. The sins in our lives, it is God that drives them out. True human effort. Repentance. Forsaking. We have a responsibility as God drive out our sins. Point number one, remember God's past goodness. Point number two, recommitment to present covenant duties. Recommitment to the present covenant duties. You want to just leave it? Recommitment? It's fine with me. 6 through 10, verse 6. Be you therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. You turn not aside there from the right hand or to the left. Christians cannot thrive on past graces and accomplishments. We may look back, but we can't thrive on them. 
can't thrive on a little success. Can't thrive on baptizing on baptizing a couple people. Considering the goodness of the past, the servant Joshua charges Israel the present commitment. Be of good courage to keep and to do what is written. That word keep is a military word. It means to guard. The words be very courageous can mean be very strong. It's the same command that was given to Joshua in Joshua 1.8. Now Joshua turned the table to the people. And Joshua could only say to the people what he did himself. And it shows again that, that the man who speaks must be the first man who does. This, of course, being very courageous, is a call to seek the Lord's grace, which Israel, as a people, never did. Joshua was no longer out of sight before the children of Israel went backwards. And this is how some people are. When a strong leader is gone, they're gone too. The word's very courageous. A Christian can never muster sufficient strength in their own to obey God's commands. Never. Therefore, this is a call to seek God's grace. This is really a call for salvation. When Joshua said, be of good courage, it was equivalent to be saved. It is our personal responsibility. God is sovereign and leading. And he has kept this church here. But you have a responsibility. And some of you don't fulfill your responsibility. You don't. This is, a, this is the last of the year's call to you. It's relevant. Holy Sovereign, he leads us, he kept us. He did his part. How are you and me going to fulfill our present Christian responsibility in this crooked, this busy, busy world? And this world would drive us to our grave and we would forget the things that are most important. How are we going to Fulfill these. Well, I can only think of one verse, two, two verses, John 15, 5 and 6. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them, cast them into the fire and they are burned. This verse is saying, if you are one who see you're a Christian and bear no fruit, you're going to hell. You're on your way to hell. To gather branches and burn them is language that says there are professors of Christianity who are not showing fruit and there are candidates to be burned. You don't burn useful things. 
I, exeget, I had the privilege of exegeting this verse. Mabel, you probably have heard at the conference in Bexon. And I exegeted that way. And I just repeat what I exegeted. This folly that people go, oh, you know, I'm a Christian, but I ain't living for the Lord. But who are you living for then? The devil? We need to scrap those erroneous teachings and reform our theology. God, the Holy Spirit will enable, us, enable his people to abide in Christ. We are kept by his power. Unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the throne with exceeding joy. Jude, verse 25. Unto him be glory. It is he that keeps his people. That's what Moses said. It is he who grants courage and strength to continue. The prophet says, he gives more power to the faint. To them that have no might, he increases strength. Isaiah 40, 29. But you have to realize that you don't have any strength. You have to admit that you're not sufficient. No person can abide or remain in a meaningful relationship with Christ by ignoring the means of grace he has provided to strengthen us. No one can live pleasing to God by their own strength and skill. You see, there's a difference between the Israel of the past and believers in the new dispensation. The apostle says, I've written unto you, young men, because you are strong. The word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. This is how we are strengthened. To obey our Lord, the Holy Spirit, the God that indwells us, strengthens us. So, Joshua, this call is one of recommitment to present covenant duties. Be courageous to keep what is written. Second, be separated from the heathen. Be separated under that second main head. Verse 7. Beware, be courageous, that when you come among these nations, these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them, or worship. Must be separated. Israel was to be separated from the gods of the land, the Baals, Astaroth. They were to be distinct in their worship. I don't think some people can distinguish between biblical worship and false worship. I suggest that you buy a good book on reading along with your Bible about worship. These responsible duties to Israel are equivalent to our New Testament responsibilities. Do not love the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that are in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life is of the world. And the world is passing away. 
but the one doing the will of God abides. It's the New Testament equivalent. 1 John 2.15 Now the present responsibility Joshua brought not a responsible covenant duty stay close to God. 8 through 10, but cleave, same word used for husband and wife relationship. Cleave, stick like glue unto the Lord your God. Some people, the glue have come apart. I don't know what kind of glue they use, maybe cheap Elmer's glue. But the glue came apart. Cleave unto the Lord your God as you have done unto this day. For the Lord have driven out from before you great nations and strong. But as for you, no man have been able to stand before you unto this day. What a beautiful, beautiful address. This is, this is, I, I, I heard Peter Master says, this is excellent poetry. He said, from Joshua. Of course, it's from the Holy Spirit. Verse 10 says, One man of you shall chase a thousand for the Lord your God. He it is that fighteth for you, as he have promised you, back by Moses. Now this command in verse 8 was given back in Deuteronomy 10, verse 20. And there's something interesting, interesting about this command. i tell you why. The Lord Jesus quoted from this very text when he was tempted by the devil. Deuteronomy 10, 20. If you go to Matthew 5, in the temptation, you will see Deuteronomy 10, 20 in your margin. I believe you would. Deuteronomy 10, 20. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. Him shall thou serve. To him shall thou cleave and swear by his name. It's important that you and I know the Bible like the Lord Jesus did. That so when we are going astray, God would bring these things back to our minds. You and I do not need to make resolutions because we don't have any ability to keep them. What we are called to is to remember God's past goodness. What we are called to is to recommit to present covenant duties. You know what they are. responsibilities, be of good courage, be a separated people, stay close to God. Last heading. You notice I'm piercing myself today because of the extended day. Beware. Beware of retribution. Verses 11 through 16. Some people have split this last section in two, but I've, I've done in one heading. Otherwise, I would, have, I would have to have four, but I only want three. Beware of divine retribution. Verse 11 and 12 says this. Verse 11 through 13 is a continuous statement that should be read together. I'll read it. Take heed there, therefore unto yourselves that you love the Lord your God, else 
if you do in any way, any wise, go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you, and shall make marriages with them, and go in unto them, and they unto you. Know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you. But there shall be snares and traps unto you, and scourges in your sides, and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from off this little land, which the Lord your God have given you. I could, I could bring this down in today's language. Some people attempt drugs. In disobedience to God, they trifle with drugs. And they can't get out of it. Drugs now have become a snare and a trap. They're hooked. That's what God says. If you, don't, if, if, if you don't stay away from these things, this is what will happen. Others have trifled with immorality. Shacking up. Can't get out of it. Become a snare and a trap. What you need to do, and I'm talking to somebody the other day, yeah. Yeah, that's preaching. What you need to do is to stop in your tracks and repent. And turn back quickly. God said, if you don't stay away from these things, there will be snares and traps until, I, until you perish off the land. It's a terrible indictment. Sin is sweet. Very sweet. But it enslaves us. It keeps us. The devil is a hard taskmaster. In Egypt, he was told Pharaoh again and again and again, let my people go. One morning he got up and there was a corpse in every house. He let them go. But he got so used to them that he took off behind them and perished in the Red Sea. The devil doesn't like to let go. Aren't you glad that he has let you go if you have become a Christian? He has no more hold, no more late nights, no more orgies. Aren't you glad? No more puffing. You know what I mean, right? You know. I know a guy here used to walk 10 miles for a cigarette. You can talk to him. Couldn't do without it. The devil let him go. Because he called on the name of the Lord. Beware of retribution. First Joshua said, Take good heed therefore of yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Loving the Lord is not an inherent characteristic that we have, that we can cultivate. It is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. To love the Lord is not an option. It is a command. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. It, this is a personal call to self-searching. Do I love the Lord? Love doth not behave itself unseemly, 
Love is not rude. Love seeks not her own. Love is not easily provoked. Think of no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, the gospel. That's love. Joshua warns of the consequence of reverting to worldliness, going back to that which pleases the flesh. flesh. Hebrews warns professing Christians today, for if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remain no more sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy on the two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose you? Shall he be thought worthy who have trodden on the foot the Son of God and have counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified, separated, an unholy thing, and have done this fight unto the Spirit of grace? Here the apostle brings it home to Old Testament, to New Testament professors and remind them those who despise the warning that Joshua gave perish. And he says, how much more sore would be our punishment if we despise the blood of Christ that we know was shed on Calvary. We know. We remember that. Israel's affection for the Canaanite nations soon became a snare and a trap. And so is the world that we live in. It can become a trap. I, I name some of the things that trouble people in churches today. Where the Lord is no more their interest. You see, the falling away begins in our homes with our children. Can't get them to come around. Beware of divine retribution. Brethren, the more comfortable one gets in spiritual compromise, it gets easier to remain in that situation. It becomes easier once you begin skipping the graces of God. It becomes easier to skip them. Come easier to be doing something else other than that which is edifying. And some of you are like that. It's a gracious warning to hear these words. Beware of retribution. Joshua says, Know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations before you. No more promptings from the Holy Spirit. No more conviction of sin. No more urges by the preacher. The Lord cease to work. Beware of retribution. 
Back then, there was a difference among the nations of the world and the nations of Israel. The nations, Canaanite nations, is a type of the sins of the flesh. That's what they represent. We ain't got no nations to fight against. As a matter of fact, there are wars going on. Wars is never profitable. Just killing, 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 killing. There's a war going on, and there's a war that we must fight every day. Today, there are no difference among the nations, but there's a difference between the Lord's covenant people, the church, and the world. We're not to become married to the world system, the worship. Christians should not contemplate being unequally yoked. You're going to have problems. You're going to have a mixed seed. You don't understand? Thankful for the grandchildren. We're going to have problems because of disobedience. You hear how my heart burned for Moses and his situation. You see, and I tell you, I hide anything. How do you think I feel in my own church? If I could bleed for him over there, what, what, what do you think? Am I a brute? Peter, speaking to those who revert, says, For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered. Peter said that they are like a dog that returned to his vomit or a pig to his wallowing in the mud. And if you look at those two animals, both of them are unclean. A dog, you can clean him, but his nature doesn't change. A pig, you can wash him, but he likes mud. An unconverted, you can clean him up with the gospel but ultimately, they love their sin. Beware of retribution. Just as Joshua called Israel, I, I almost got confused when I looked at the clock. That's the way I was preaching so long. I forgot we started late. But I will conclude just as Joshua called Israel to remember past goodness of God, fulfilling his promises, just as he called upon them to recommit covenant duties, just as he warns, beware of retribution, we are called to consider these things today. We are being called to consider these things. Joshua 14 through 16 concludes, by showing two attributes of God, two that I began with. Verse 14, and behold, this day I'm going the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls, sound like Samuel when he was going, that not one thing have failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you. And not one thing have failed Joshua concludes by showing the attribute of faithfulness. 
please people. Verse 15 and 16. Therefore it shall come to pass that as all good things are come upon you, which the Lord your God promise you, so shall the Lord bring upon you all evil things. People say, well, if there's God, why there's so much evil? Because that's what he promised. Why there's so much evil? Because of sin. Until you, he, until he have destroyed you from off this good land. And this good land is not Canaan. This good land is heaven and the gospel. That people are no longer interested in. There's no good land down here. It's a type. Gone. All ain't longer interested in the gospel. Peter Masters beg to differ, but I'm not going to argue with him. When you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and have gone and served other gods and bowed yourselves to them, then shall the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly from off the good land which he have given unto you. Materialism, terrible God of materialism, placed before the God of heaven. <clears throat> pleasure. Pleasure. More people are going to be watching a ball in Times Square draw than being in church hearing the gospel. And the media and the networks pander to these things. The God of pleasure. Here we see that the gospel is a two-edged sword. There are two sides to the gospel message. The Lord is faithful, but the Lord is just. Pardon sin. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we let them drift away. The same Lord that is faithful to his covenant promises in preserving us, providing, protecting us over the years is the same Lord that brings retribution on some of us for going our own way. And some of you might be seeing it already. You might think, oh, this ain't going to last. Moses said this in Deuteronomy 7, verse 10. I read it to you. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 10. The prophet said these words. Verse 9 and 10. No, therefore... That the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations, and repayeth them that hate him to their face while they are still around to destroy them. He will not be slack to them that hate of him. He will repay him to his face. These things are being played out 
right in our midst, right in our church. So Joshua 23, brethren, is straightforward. It's very pragmatic. Remember the Lord's past goodness. Recommit the present covenant duties. You know them. Beware of retribution, whether it be in time or in eternity. There we have one greater than Joshua. We have a savior. As a matter of fact, his name is the equivalent to Joshua, Jesus. The Lord is good. He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And could it be that you are one of the all? The all here is all that he died for. He's long-suffering. We have made it to the end of another year. I never thought I would have lived this long. Personally, when I heard, when I used to hear about 2020 and 2023, I said, well, I'd be dead. I've lived to, to get social security. Never thought of it. Some of you may not be that fortunate. We should remember that our Lord has not dealt with us according to our sins. We should remember. But we should commit ourselves to covenant duties. If you're not saved and you know, or you doubt, you, you, you don't understand, you still love your sin. That's okay. But you can't leave here saying that you haven't heard the gospel to turn from your sins, to trust the Lord Jesus, to walk with him. You, you, oh, I went to see the joy in here. Oh, you heard. You don't have any excuse. And you may not come back, but I want to leave you with those words. Today we have one that is able to save to the uttermost <coughs> them that come unto God through him, because he ever lives to make intercession. Let's pray. Amen. Lord, we cannot have a simpler text to deal with. Remember, we commit retribution. We cannot make the word of God and the gospel any clearer to those who sat and listened. We pray now that you will bless your word, that you will help us, O oh God, to remember, to recommit, to avoid restitution. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.